Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tilts, the interesting liquid talk show. My name is Ian Sansevera. I also go by Not Ian Sans. I am the director of post-production for 1UP Studios. If you are new to the show, welcome. It's good to have you here. You can find us on all of your favorite podcasting applications. We are on all of them. And especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to give us a five-star review, and we'll shout you out on the next episode. I don't have a review queued up right now, but if I did, I would let you know. Now, you can listen to the Tilts podcast like a regular person, or you can be an elevated person and head on over to youtube.com slash team liquid where you yes you can watch tilts with your eyeballs i'm very excited about our guest today she has been a friend of mine for a long time we have worked together many many times she is an amazing content creator an amazing human being the weeb princess herself coming off of season three of the liquid update featuring avali may powered by alienware we have avali may on the show avali thank you so much for being on tilts Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Liquid Update <laughs> post-world edition. The team is gone. I guess we have to support EU now. Oh, this isn't... Sorry, yeah, you, your brain went on autopilot, which oh. towards the end of Liquid Update, it kind of always does. Yeah, I mean, I feel like every single ending episode for the Liquid Update, because unfortunately we haven't ended it on a win just yet. Maybe one day in the future. The MSI uh, series we kind of did, kind of. MSI was really close. I think that MSI would have felt a lot better if we had lost to anyone but G2 in the finals. Yeah, like, and it was like pretty aggressive loss as well. Uh, you're doing the PTSD phase. I'm, I don't even want to think about it. All I remember is being at the facility and everyone was so stoked and like we all had pizza and chips and like everyone was like, yeah. And after game one, it was just like <laughs> complete devastation and depression. <laughs> you know, all, all the corners of the Alienware training facility in North America sponsored by Alienware. It was bad. It was pretty bad. It was, it was heartbreaking because I, I, I remember watching Steve watch the games <laughs> And just seeing like the excitement on his face when yeah. we all walked into this uh, to the Alienware training facility, and then just watching it just like slowly, slowly fall. And then after game one, it was like it's okay, it's just game one. Game two, oh no, oh oh no. For for those of you that are listening and or watching out there, uh, Avli May has been a longtime friend of Team Liquid and One Up Studios for a very long time. Uh, we started doing a little content series called the Liquid Update, uh, powered by Alienware with Avli May. What what's been your favorite? Uh, well, for, let me double back for those of you listening and watching. Uh, go and watch the Liquid Update, powered by Alienware, featuring yeah, what are you May. doing? Uh, at youtube.com slash Team Liquid, we have a playlist. I'm sure of it. This content series is really special, I think, to both of us. Because when Team Liquid made it to MSI, you approached me, you reached out to me, and you're like, hey, I want to have a meeting. I was like, cool, what's up? And you're like, I want to do a thing, like a news show, where we just like follow Team Liquid and their journey through MSI, because like they're the only team that's doing it. And I have mm -hmm. a lot of crazy ideas, and you're not going to get any sleep, but it's going to be really fun. And we kind of like... <laughs> Grab, we all grabbed Avili's hand and she like led us into the cave and we came out the other side of it with like a really fun show. So kind of let's take your mind back to the inception of the liquid update, kind of like where did the idea come from in the first place? So the idea for it was, I mean, honestly, it was my first official year of working with, wait, no, was it? No, this is 2019, right? So it was my second year of working with uh, Riot and the LCS and everything. And unfortunately, uh, the way that MSI was planned out that year, they weren't going to ship any uh, NA or LCS talent out to Vietnam. I think, yeah, MSI was Vietnam. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just home right now and I want to, you know, I'm going to support NA. I'm going to support Team Liquid since they're going over as our LCS rep. Like, what can I do? What's fun? And honestly, I think it's because of the great relationship that I had with you, with uh, TL, with Mike, with Damien, that I felt comfortable like hitting you up and being like, 
Dude, listen, I know this is going to sound crazy. This pitch isn't well put together at all, but I want to do some sort of weird show where we not only follow Liquid through their uh, international journey, uh, but I also want to throw in like a bunch of fun community aspects. I want to make jokes. I want to do skits. And all of that is something that I would, you know, I've been wanting to do for a while, but I'm just one person, right? Like, you and one up, I knew, I knew that if I went to you guys with anything, like somehow you were going to piece it together. And then eventually that's how we ended up with the liquid update. And I think honestly, like you say that I came in and I pitched it, but I mean, it was as much your guys's idea as it was mine, because even though I gave you the skeleton, you guys were like, okay, but like, let's give it that update type feel. Let's try to put together, you know, with the fancy intros, um, this is how we should try formatting it. Or maybe this is how we should try introducing guests, which was super, super helpful to me because this, it was still like my first time trying to do something big like this. So that's, I mean, well, thank you for doing the, the liquid update. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. I, I'm never going to compliment you when we're off stream, but you know, when we're only on stream, on stream. watching and listening, that's, really yes. all, that's, that's where it counts anyway. So mm-hmm. I, I appreciate it. Avalu. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> What's that stupid song? Hey, I'm going to take my horse to the oh, old, old town, town road. road. Old yeah. town road. Yeah. See, we've already forgotten about old town road. <laughs> quarantine is doing I have it. but thank god for old town road because that was like the lo- i just remember the launch video when we were filming at the facility and you're like all right i'm gonna kick down the door i'm gonna be holding american flags and like that whole that whole thing man it was so yeah the, i want to kind of like dig through the liquid update especially season one yeah. because season one there were no rules like we just we broke every rule that there probably was we made riot put new rules in place because of how aggressively we broke so many rules Doing the Liquid Update season one, it was so fun. Um, yeah, so so the listeners out there, like <laughs> before the Liquid Update season one, um, Riot didn't really have any rules around like grabbing casters and like using them in other team content or anything like that. Uh, but very shortly after, when we tried to do Liquid Update season two, they were like, "Hey guys, there is restrictions now because we grabbed." <laughs> Every single person, Avali was like Rolodexing through her phone, like this per- Vettius, Medic, come here, do this, Raz, what are you doing right now? Come over right now, we're ordering you pizza, like let's just film this thing. And it was like, it was very Wild Wild West, no rules of doing like a news show. It was fun. I mean, I, to to speak to the guest's perspective, because I totally understand like these are casters who are working on the premier esports broadcast, right? They're casting the best of the best at the international tournament. They need to have their game face on. They need to be focused on uh, their job at hand. What they flew over from Europe, from China, from Korea, all over from to do. But then at the same time, like the reason why I pulled these casters and these guests in is because I know that they have been dying to do some sort of fun content like this for such a long time. I can't, I can't remember if the liquid update preceded all the stuff in the LEC. LEC. I think so. I think it did actually. Yeah. I think the, because I remember uh, medic came out with like the LEC newsflash or something like that. And I'm like, you took my liquid update idea. (laughs) And then like a week later I was like, Oh, wait a second. This is a very basic news update idea. I took their update idea. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you made this? I made this. No, 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 no. But, like, I remember this preceded, like, a lot of the stuff that LEC was doing before their whole rebrand and everything. Um, So I know that there were a lot of casters who were dying to do funny stuff. So we had Dracos, like, hitting the IG cardboard box with the baseball bat. I put Vettius in a horse mask and rode him around the studio. We had Flowers with Confetti. We had Medic. I tackled Medic uh, down into the sand on Venice Beach. Like... 
there was so much fun stuff and so much unique content that we were able to, you know, try and actually create, um, which I think is, you know, one of the reasons why people loved the show so much in the first place. It was, it wasn't that, you know, let's sit down, have three talking heads and do analysis of every single play. It was, let's get weird and let's have some fun. And that's, and, and it really kind of blossomed into that, right? Like the next year. So the Liquid Update season one, uh, we were in LA and all the casters were in LA. And thank God we went far because I don't think that the Liquid Update like really would have had legs if we wouldn't have done yeah. so well. Like it was, it was mm -hmm. this whole thing and like the team was watching it and like they were getting stoked and like everyone was getting stoked and we were rallying behind NA. And then when it came time to do Liquid Update season two, we were going to Worlds and I was like, Avali, oh Liquid Update season two. But there's a thing. We need to literally move the entirety of 1UP Studios to Berlin for an undetermined amount of time. And we might have to go to Madrid, right? And then after that, mm -hmm. it was Paris? We were, like, planning... Okay, so Anthony, who's not... Uh, he's in the Discord call right now, but he's not a part of the episode. But uh, him and I, for, like, multiple days in a row, we're just, like, sitting there crunching numbers of, like, how we were going to make this happen and how we were going to like move everything to Berlin. So what do you, what do you remember about liquid update season two? So I remember just not even thinking that it was a possibility, like honest, honest to God, because one, there was the whole, well, am I going to be working worlds at all? And when I got the news that I wouldn't be working worlds at all, it's like, okay, well, should I do stuff from home or, you know, what really is it? And I think it was actually Damien who had messaged me and hit me up saying like, so liquid update worlds. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> is that even feasible? Is that a thing that can happen? And then, like you said, you were starting the conversations of like, okay, well, are we moving everyone there? Are people staying here? Are we going to have like a home base? Are we going to have like a base in Berlin and everything? There was, what if we make it to Madrid? How far do we go? We also uh, had the new rule in place where you could only use three casters uh, on a show, which I, it was very frustrating, I think, to all of us because I think that we were creating like content that no one else was creating and we were highlighting the casters in such a way. Uh, again, I understand because they do have to focus on worlds, um, but it did kind of leave a little bit of a mark and an impact on us. Luckily, we were still able to get like Medic. Um, and then who else did we have? We had Medic and we Raz had Raz. and... I think it was just Medic and Raz. Was it? We were going to have... We were going to have Vettius... But that was, we got eliminated. Yes, I think you're right. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. And then we were, because we were planning, I had like a lore episode planned. I had a Shocks episode planned where it was going to be me and Shocks or me and Lore going through like um, the Berlin markets. Because it was, it wasn't Oktoberfest, but there was some big festival going on. I think it was Oktoberfest, uh, actually. It was like either just starting or just ending when we were there. Because I remember, I remember trying to rally the One Up crew to go. I think it was at the end, if I'm not mistaken. And everyone was just like kind of depressed. <laughs> I was like, what better yeah. way than to drink a lot of beer in Germany? That was literally me at the uh, Mercedes-Benz arena where yeah. I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to chug my first beer. This is going to be for the squad. I struggled with that. You did. I have the video. That um, I'll send I'll send the video to the editors so they can roll it right now of Avali drinking a beer and struggling aggressively. At the <laughs> go, 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 go. You can do it. Go. Go, go. Let's see. Uh, we'll see it how much how much behind the scenes stuff that we can dig up out of this. But the Berlin episode, mm -hmm. uh, I know I have this picture. Show the picture of the <laughs> Liquid Update Studio 
built inside of the oh Airbnb living room that Anthony and I were living out of in Berlin. And we had to like move all the lights and stands just to like go to sleep at the end of the night and then like reset and yeah. your hotel was super far away and you had to like cab over. And then we would run the hard drive over to Connor and Heather who were staying in another Airbnb like down the yeah. road. And it was like raining. So much stuff. What's What's been your favorite part of Liquid Update so far out of the three seasons that we've done? I think my favorite moment was actually when we did the fake world song. <laughs> I I honestly think like it's it's hard between that one and then doing the episode with flowers once we made it to the finals. Like that was ridiculous. Um, but I think for me, particularly doing that world song, I, I mean, to be completely honest, working the liquid update, huge passion project of mine. Like when I whenever I'm in it, I try to give it my hundred percent. And not only that, but I feel like working on this show and this entire series has helped me develop my own skills and helped me, uh, you know, stretch my boundaries, jump outside my comfort zone. I never thought that I would be able to sing something, put it out there, and people actually enjoy it. Like my entire life, my mom's like, Avali, shut up. I can't, I can't listen to you in the car anymore. Stop. Sister, family members would get angry. But then we had Ant being able to write a song, come to you and Ant and be like, hey, I just wrote a song that's a parody to Ratatouille uh, and KDA. I would love to be able to record this because Riot still hasn't dropped their world song yet. And I think it would be hilarious if we baited the entire League of Legends community and dropped this world song. And we were able to turn it around in less than 24 hours or something. We filmed it on the green screen. We recorded all the vocals. Ant fixed the vocals. We got Travis in there and you guys threw all of these crazy effects down. And to me, when that released and I was flooded with like the, oh my God, this is amazing. And dang you, you bitch. I thought this was the world song. Like We baited people super hard feeling. with that one. And you, you mentioned something so which I, I think is the log line of Liquid Update, which is, we did it in less than 24 hours <laughs> and like came up with the idea out of nowhere. Yeah. And I got a lot of messages uh, this season in particular. Um, it was after the Adele, like once we were out of groups, like I got a bunch of people messaging me and they're like, hey, do you like film one way or another so that you can release it like oh. when it happens? And I'm like, no, like we get there in the morning, we order breakfast, Avali goes, I want to do an Adele parody. Like, let's rewrite the lyrics. And I'm like, okay. And then we make coffee. We we work over the lyrics to the song. We get you in the vocal booth. We record it. Then when Ant's mixing it, you and I went down to the beach, shot the thing, came back. And like, it, it all happens literally within 24 hours of us figuring out the information. And yeah. not very many people know that. And I, I think I even tweeted about it. I was like, not very many people know or care what goes into producing the liquid update? Because it really is a grind. It is a grind. And I'm not trying to pat myself or one up on the back by any means, but like, I, I don't think that we'd be able to do the show if everyone wasn't so freaking passionate about it. And also like insanely talented. Everybody at one up. I, I, I love all of them. I've handpicked all of my babies um, one by one <laughs> over the years. And they are, they really are the best. And uh, hopefully we win content studio of the year at the eSports Awards this year. Those of you listening, go vote for one up studios. Come on. We need, we need an eSports award. Um, but yeah, the, the 24 hours to air is like the log line of, of liquid update. So mm -hmm. uh, I want to pick your Ovali brain. Cause usually it's like three 30 in the morning and you're like delusional oh when God. you come up with your ideas. So we're, mm -hmm where do you come up with all of your ideas? Is it just like a combination of 
interests? Is it completely random every time? Oh my God. Well, I mean, I think the key part is it's 3 (laughs) a.m. It's 3 a.m. I just watched, you know, my team, my team of babies. You say you picked out your one-up babies. Like, I still refer to all of the LCS players as, like, my babies or my brothers. Like, I love every single player so much. Like, take a bullet for them. I love them all so much. So, you know, watching them get their asses handed to them hurts. So I'm trying to think. For the Adele song specifically, I just had sad music playing through my head. I mean, that's another great thing. Having ADD. Works wonders for uh, content creation. In terms of school, I'm really glad that you didn't ask for my GPA before signing me on, you know? Yeah, no. Um, no unnecessary for, for the liquid update. <laughs> unnecessary. <laughs> the lower it is, the better we are. Yes, exactly. The better the content. Um, yeah, for the Adele thing, I just had like a bunch of things playing through my head. So it was like, you had a bad day, you take it one down. And I don't know why, but for some reason, just the... Uh, chorus, the, I don't even know the words, that someone like you, that whole part. Now you guys can really see the auto-tune effect as I try to. No, no, we don't, <laughs> do we don't reveal tune. the secrets. We don't reveal the secrets. <laughs> I mean, when I go into singing mode. <laughs> um, and I was like, ooh, someone like you, make it out of groups. Yeah, this is what it's got to be. So when we were in our last game, I was starting to write the lyrics because it just didn't look like it was going very well. Or, or the G2 game, I should say. Yeah. Um, it didn't look like it was going very well. So I wrote that down. And honestly, I was nervous because I knew it was, you know, everyone was going to come into the office sad. I had pitched you doing the BoJack Horseman parody before you had went to bed, which was the um, Mr. Blue where BoJack and... Um, Oh my God, what's her name? Diane. Diane. Are sitting yeah. at the top of the roof and it just plays Mr. Blue, that whole song. Cause I thought that pr- lined up perfectly with the lyrics as well. But this was a bigger ask. So when I came in in the morning and gave you those lyrics, I'm like, can we do it? And you're like, yeah, sure. We'll try to knock it out. Well, no, f- the first thing you said was, you can't parody Adele, Ovely. No one covers <laughs> Adele. I was, I was confident in it and I'm not going to throw Anne under the bus, but he was like, we're going to do Adele. And I was like, yeah, it'll be fine. Like it's going to be good. And the one thing I do know, we can get to your rapping in a minute. We'll go into the, into WAP territory. Oh, we'll but, get to that. Yeah. Um, you have a good singing voice. Like you do, you're, you're a, you're a good singer. And like, yes, there's things that we can do to help. And like the mix is really good. And, and for those of you listening or watching, hello, uh, Ant is just like an amazing engineer. Uh, he's been my best friend for 10 years. Him and I produced and DJed together. Um, he has a platinum record hanging up on the wall for like engineering on Kanye West graduation album. He's worked with like a bazillion people. So like audio mixing and mastering and engineering is like his whole life. And so, um, you know, I brought him into one up cause he also has a lot of other skill sets outside of music that I thought would be really useful. And yeah. So doing the liquid uptake kind of is awesome in that way. When you want to do a musical number, it's like, yeah, we totally can handle this. We have the resources to handle this. So you, yeah. you can, you can sing. Rapping. <laughs> Let's go. That was such a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that was so, so hard. Yeah, no, I, I, I yeah. ultimately think that you did a really good job. But while we were on set, uh, the first couple episodes of Liquid Update, Avali was just nonstop singing WAP over and over and over again. Every morning, she, that's a WAP. And you would just come in singing it all the time. And then uh we were done with the second episode or third episode or something. And you were like, we have to do a WAP parody. And Damien was walking by and he goes, you know what WAP stands for? Weak ass play-ins. And we were just like, oh man, we have to do it. 
and then that's yeah. where the whole yeah that's where the whole thing kind of came. I'll let I'll let you tell the story because it's you know this is yeah. I mean honestly, it it stretched even a little bit further back than that. When LEC released their epic rap battles with Shocks with Frost, I mean like. What was your reaction to that being released? Because I thought that it was just like amazing. Yeah, it was really good. I, I've been really surprised at all of the LEC content that comes out this year, like mm-hmm. this past year. It's all been so good. And it always comes across my desk or like somebody will message it to me and be like, you guys need to do more of this and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, I would, I would love to. But, you know, we're not owned by Riot or like NALCS. So like we don't yeah. get to do stuff with like their talent and stuff. So it's it's kind of a dicey situation. But yeah, I would, I would love to do stuff like that. And that's why I like the Liquid Update so much because that's kind of our opportunity to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah, um, they so LEC did the epic rap battles. And ever since then, you've wanted to get back at them, it sounds like. A little bit. So <laughs> I, I know it's kind of a meme at this point where it's like EU production versus... in terms of like what comes out because I mean just when it comes down to it like LCS just puts out different types of content they put out eyes on they put out features Um, (laughs) that wasn't I'm so sorry that wasn't intended to be a roast that wasn't intended to be a roast that was literally I was just trying to think of the other stuff yes no I know yeah no they they do a lot of stuff they do all the little player profiles and all that stuff yeah the little yeah the player profiles which don't have names which is why I was struggling to think of it uh but then you know the lhc puts out the lhc update newsflash a bunch of different skits a bunch of different cold opens parodies etc um and that's kind of the stuff that that i put out like i put out the skits i put out the what could be like a cold open i put out the team and the player pieces and all that fun stuff so that's why the comparison is often drawn of like lhc versus ovaly so I will admit, like, when that came out, I was so excited for all of my LEC friends. But then, like, I'd be lying if I said there wasn't a little part of me that was, you know, that, like, mix of sad and jealousy or, or of envy where it's like, oh, I, I want to top that. Like, how do I top that? I don't think I could top it, but, like, how do I pull it off? And I had tried actually writing a WAP parody after that had come out, but I couldn't really find the right way. Like, I had Inero said big-ass blue buff. Uh, Flowers said fed-ass Nisky. Like, they were trying to give me ideas and stuff. But it just didn't really work out. So then when we tried to do the WAP with the Liquid Update and we had weak-ass plans, everything started to click. And it was so, so perfect. Now, the full story with that was, unfortunately, like, I think I had, like, two show days back-to-back before we were supposed to get into WAP. So I had asked you guys, I'm like, can you guys start on the lyrics? You, Connor, Heather, whoever, uh, Ant was in on that, writing all the stuff. Like, you guys created such freaking good lines. Like, the LeBlanc tricking with that Mirage and then the whole Tom Kench part. So all I had to do was come fill in the parts with, you know, like, uh, Mad Lines, Cinema Home on a Plane, Reddit calling out Supermassive, and, you know, all the world-specific parts. But something that I think would be interesting that maybe fans or viewers would want to know. Maybe they would like to know it. Maybe they wouldn't like to know it because they'd, they're sad on what they miss out. Originally, I was going to do the Cardi B part and I had, re- I had reached out to both Captain Flowers and Raz to see if they would do the Megan Stallion part. But unfortunately, both of them weren't available to do the content. So that's what happened with me doing both sides. It was good. And, that uh, was fun. I know was, that we considered though, Big yeah. Steve for the Megan Thee Stallion part at one point too. And I was like, oh yeah. man, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like Steve, if you're watching this or if anybody clips this or whatever, like I love you to death, but I don't know. I didn't know if he could rap the Megan Thee Stallion part that we had like written for that. 
But I think that you did a really good job. And and another one of those things that nobody will ever know, and that's why it's fun to do the, these podcasts or whatever, is you came in and we went to go record the lyrics. And by some freak accident, the Pro Tools project like completely corrupted. And we lost everything. We lost hours of work at the end of the day. Like <laughs> Ant took it home, tried to open it on his computer. Like some ghost situation like that that project just like kind of started off cursed but instead of giving up we're like all right tomorrow morning like let's come in let's redo it came in redid all the vocals like reshot a lot of the stuff and then we just grinded on that all night um and then released it the next morning not really sure of what was going to happen i was like i was i i to be honest like with the liquid update, like all the sketches and stuff, like usually I have a pretty good feeling. I was completely like neutral on this. I was like, I don't know if people are going to like this. I don't know if people are going to think it's offensive. Like who knows what's going to happen. And I remember seeing it go out and I had a really busy day that day and I Uh like wasn't paying attention to my phone or anything. And then I went and looked on Twitter and it was at like half a million plays or something. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, are you, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. The engagement on that was really cool. Seeing everybody react to it. And like, even like, didn't Flowers post something of him rapping after that, like in response? He was doing like an Eminem bit to, I think, Reddit haters or Is something that, like that. Oh, yeah, but, but I mean, yeah, he was commenting on it. For me, it was crazy because I'll be vulnerable with you for a moment. Are you ready for me to be vulnerable? Are, aren't hey, you everyone? always? I I thought we had that kind of relationship. I guess not. Not when there's a camera in front of me. I don't know what to do. (laughs) Um, But there were moments when we were filming where I was like, okay, I'm going to do some weird stuff and then we'll decide on what's going to be included or not. Weird stuff being like, I'm going to get on the ground and try to shake what my mama gave me. And uh, chat, I'm going to chat audience, listeners, watchers, whoever is listening. That was probably the first time that I have like willingly worn a crop top. (laughs) But I was like, I have to try to commit in some way because the thing about doing these types of videos is if you don't fully commit, it comes out really bad because people can tell that you're hesitant or that you're nervous or something. Like I wasn't about to go out there with like, you know, just freaking tube top booty shorts and like start shaking everything. But like, I was like, okay, let's just do like uh, yoga pants and then a crop top and then yeah. we'll see like, we how it, we go We did it tastefully there. too. And, and yeah. of course, you know, you got one of studios behind you, so we're not going <laughs> to let anything go out there that you don't want. But obviously, if you cross me, I have so much B-roll <laughs> of you on I green know, screen so twerking. <laughs> Badly, ever, not even good twerking. It's like, the, it's like the awkward... Um, Awkward girls at like the school dance when they try crumping. Oh God, crumping. Yikes. It's actually me. But yeah, so I mean, that was like a huge thing from the video where I was, uh, there was a part of me that was wondering like, girls using boobies for sex attention and not pay attention to the actual fact that, you know, it's, it's, it's League of Legends, man. Yeah. <laughs> what are you I think the fact that we did the entire thing on Summoner's Rift and like we never did go out into like the traditional yeah. like music video IRL thing. I think that actually made it more acceptable. Dude, the, the part yeah. the part where we put you on the rock and like the deer turns and looks when you're the like, deer's like, like, what the that's <laughs> that's one of my favorite parts of the video. It's so good. I was actually super impressed when you got your drone that I thought was gonna fall on me at any moment. The I whole time flinching. you did. Yeah, you were like, yeah, Is I was it gonna terrified. fall? <laughs> I was terrified. I've only seen those things fall. I've never seen them fly, only fall. 
Um, but when we were doing the whole like Cassiopeia thing, because in the music video, Cardi B and Megan Stallion are there with like snakes. And I'm like, oh, if we are able to get me like on the ground with like my hair out and then just like try to do whatever they do with like the hand motions, like that would be so perfect. And the fact that we had that as like not the opening scene, but one of the opening scenes was just so good. Yeah. For those of you that haven't seen the video that we've been talking about for the last however long, uh, go to Avali's Twitter. Is it still pinned? It's still pinned. It's still it's pinned, be pinned to Avali's Twitter. Time, yeah. Go to youtube.com slash team liquid. Uh, look at the WAP music video. That was, that was a lot of fun. I think no offense to the analytics or any of the guests or anything, but the sketches I think have notoriously been my favorite part of liquid update. And I'm going <laughs> to get kind of selfish. I will give props to my team Always, 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 always. But I feel mm-hmm. like the sketches have always been an opportunity for you and I just to go out like with a camera yeah. and just like fuck <laughs> yeah. off for like a couple hours, right? And then it's like one of those things where I usually will come back and I'll edit it because Connor and Heather are grinding on the episode because that does take a yeah. lot of time. And so you and I go out and we just like film these sketches that like we make up partially while we're doing it. And the other part of it is like we're referencing a script or whatever. I think that's been the the most fun that I've had. The one that sticks out to me. Um the the one with Jared Tendler that we did where you're like on the couch oh, and, and so he shows good. you the TSM logo and you're like <laughs> zero chance of international success. Uh yeah, yeah. That, that sketch was really fun. And also the Steve one where he like uh he hurts himself doing the the push-ups or whatever because I sat out yeah. on whatever road that was in front of the CrossFit gym and waited for an ambulance to go by for like 45 minutes. I kept hearing sirens like off in the distance and I would like try to run and go find them and like, finally getting that one shot of the ambulance. I was like, yes, this is it. So good. I feel like even though it was a really short sketch, one of my favorite ones was actually, I think you had come up with the idea of like walking through the streets of Berlin at night. Oh of yeah. Raz gotcha, bitch. sprinting towards the camera <laughs> in the get out thing and then just IG stands for I gotcha bitch. <laughs> that was so good. It was so because like it fits Raz's personality. I think it was funny. I think it was funny that Raz had never seen the film Get Out. And then it was just you, me, and I think Ant. So essentially, for anyone watching, it was a room full of like basically white people white, white ass to people what <laughs> and we were like pitching him okay well we're just listen listen hear me out i mean <laughs> we're, we're not trying to <laughs> there's so many easter eggs in those two specifically the get out yeah. one uh in your headphones you're i i like high passed in there i think it was like vanessa carlton a thousand miles or something like as you're walking it's like making my way down you can hear it like very very faintly in the headphones or it's yeah. some ridiculous song like that. I think it was in the arms of Oh, is it? Was it that one? It might have yeah, been. Yeah, it might have been Arms of the Angel. <laughs> yeah, that one's great. Um, I loved, honestly, I think, so this was actually a little bit of a heartbreaker for me. I was so excited for the anime opening uh, for the Liquid Update, where we did the whole Evangelion parody. And I thought that that video was going to pop off similar to how WAP did. Not not to the extent that WAP did, but I, I thought that it was going to get like at least 300K, pop off a little bit more. But I think I got a little bit ahead of myself where I thought that because it's probably one of the most famous anime openings and like the most recognizable song, I thought more people would recognize it. But there were still so many people who had just missed it. They were like, I kind of get it. So that was a little bit of a heartbreaker. But Also, honestly, you did too good of a probably... job singing it too because people were like, is that you singing? Like, yeah. no, people didn't even Prop know it was you. Ant. 
Props to Ant. Props to Ant. <laughs> that they didn't know that you know they don't know what the original song was either. And I'm like, how do you not know? Because you guys got the one for one of so many frames so perfectly, and you got Core and Broxa to sit like Broxa through the window, and Core just like sitting with his knees and tactical. Yeah. Oh my God. We just... we went in on the on the one to one reference, which I think you posted the side by side or something, <clears throat> didn't you? I had you a whole it? drive. Yeah, a presentation. Yeah. yeah, that one was that one was fun. Yeah. yeah, that one that one went over people's heads, unfortunately. And you've been wanting to do that one for a while. I remember you approaching us last year, and you were like, "Hey, I got this idea," and we just were never able to do it because we didn't have the players. And then this year, we didn't have the players either. We had like a little bit of their time, mm-hmm. but because they had plans, they had to leave early. Well, besides Liquid Update, uh, what's going on with you, girl? Let's let's dish it. Oh, what do you got going oh. on? I'm so right now. I think it's like. A lot of people are seeing this because of Corona and everything. A lot of projects have been getting pushed further out. Um, So I have something really cool that's going to start up probably in spring of 2021 that I can't talk about, can't announce yet. NDA. Um, But that should be fun. Sign that NDA. Those NDAs, man. (laughs) This is a scary NDA. I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to take Thresh or something from me if I say anything. When we signed the Marvel deal uh, at first before anybody knew about it. Mm-hmm. I was I was slightly terrified about that one. So, yeah, NDAs. That even it extended to LCS somehow because I remember I was going to do a joke on the uh, Infinity Gauntlet snapping thing. Yeah, and I had someone say like, "Don't do anything Marvel for the next three weeks," and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "Like when we announced it." I think it was like around when you were announcing it, but they didn't give me any context. So it was just one person saying, like, stay away from Marvel. So I'm like, what <laughs> happened with Marvel? And I was terrified. And then Damien tells me, like, after you guys announced it, he's like, oh, I thought we told you, like, a few months ago. And I'm like, no. Nope. nope. We no. showed up to LCS that day with, like, the jerseys in a the black shield. garbage bag and the Captain America shield, like, hidden away. Yeah. It's this whole thing. That was fun. Yeah, so, was okay, fun. so you're, you're doing a Project Spring 2021 that you can't tell anybody about. So that's useless so, for this podcast. I know, What else you I got? Know. What can you actually really tell have, me about? I don't have anything to plug. I mean, um, dang, I've just been doing a lot of streaming and trying to develop my own uh, social and stream a little bit more, trying to build a little bit more into YouTube. Um, I'm basically just experimenting with a bunch of different programming to see kind of like what fits best. Uh Basically doing what we were talking about before. I'm trying to expand my horizons a little bit. Um, I've been, I think it's fair to say that I've made a name for myself within League of Legends and even esports content. Uh, I do a lot of Twitch Rivals stuff. I work with Twitch on their weekly uh, gaming news update show. So I think for me, I'm going to try to start branching out into like general gaming as well as, you know, maybe even getting some anime content in there and just trying to grow my skill set. And then hopefully come up with more fun ideas to bring to you and one up, uh, because you know I love working with you guys, and I'm always trying to find opportunities to do that. And loving my dog, of course. Thrash on the hardwood because it's too hot. It's too damn hot. What's uh, hot. what's I see a Nintendo Switch there on the desk, very within right within arm's reach. Uh, so what do you what do you plan? Super Mario 3D. I got 3D. Super Mario 3D. Have nice. you played Paper Mario Origami King? No, but I saw the demo of it at like PAX or something, and it looks so fun. It looks so good. It is a very good game. It is a very good game. 
It is not the game that I expected. I, I found this, uh, I was cleaning because we're doing a lot of like home renovations and stuff. Mm -hmm. I found my original Game Boy Color with <gasps> oh. Pokemon Red version in the back. Oh. And uh, no batteries. I had to like tape over it. So that's oh, like, that's that though. real shit right there. When you lose yeah, yeah. the battery cover and you had to like throw some tape on it. Yeah. Good times. I use like cardboard and then duct tape. I have my 60, my Nintendo 64 in the other room. I was playing Donkey Kong 64 on it before. Nice. Um, some of those games are worth like a King. lot of money now. I'm never selling them though. They're like, you know, they're in here. Yeah. What about you? Are you allowed to talk about any projects coming up for one up? I don't think so. Otherwise I would. I mean, yeah, all, all these people are like, you should stream whatever you're working on. Like, because people were like, oh, you I wish you would have streamed doing WAP. And I was like, well, first of all, my computer would have exploded. Second of all, yeah. I can't like really stream that stuff because there's always something that pops up that needs my attention that nobody knows about yet. So Yeah, where the Slack messages come up. Yeah. You know, I just stuff. don't wanna yeah. I don't wanna risk it. It's not worth it because I don't wanna, you know, gets out once and then ruins it. Yeah. So you can't talk about anything you're doing uh, coming up in the year, but that's I know, fine. It sucks. I'm trying. I'm trying. All I can say is that all I can say about it is it's going to be something super new that I've never done before. So that's exciting because I feel like people people now have seen me at LCS for a couple of years, but at the same time, I still feel like I'm very new to everything. Like I'm still the new kid whenever I walk in. Like I'm still, I'm not a part of the old guard of the LCS. I'm not a part of the old guard of esports, right? Like I still feel like the new kid trying to find her own footing uh, and trying to explore and see like what's next for me. So even, like even cool. still today. Yeah, I mean, like I I still deal with like imposter syndrome a lot, uh, where it's like, Havel, <laughs> you're you're only good at this because there's literally no one else in the scene and. And, uh, and uh, your people's only option, you're, you're cringe, you suck. Like, I, I, I deal with that like a lot. No, it's just, it's, no, 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 sh 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 it's, it's just like the mental, the mental junk that I, I've seen a lot of people like on social media deal with and wrestle with as well. Like, I think Shox has tweeted that sometimes she still has like imposter along with lore, even though like Shox is like the pinnacle of esports talent. And probably I, I view her as, the best esports host. I love Shocks. She's great. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, I remember you um, brought her into the facility one time. I was like, oh, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. this is this is so fun. Are we doing something? And then we just didn't end up doing anything. But do you yeah. do you think that the imposter syndrome is derived from just like a lot of like harsh negativity online? Like when you put something out that you hope that the community is gonna like love. And I and the same thing happens to me too, right? Like uh, for those of you that don't know, I have a YouTube channel called Learn How to Edit Stuff. I teach people editing tutorials. Whoa! You want to learn how to edit stuff? You want timelines? Like and subscribe. Uh, but I'll do a video, and 90% of the comments will be positive, but then, like, there's 10% that people just want to rip you apart, and those are the ones that you just, like... How do you, how do you handle that? Because you have far more clout than I do. So... Honestly, this is something that's been asked to me a couple times, and... I don't always have like the best answer for it because I, those comments actually don't affect me too much. I relate everything that's said to me on the internet back to when I was in high school. Cause in high school I had a terrible time. Like people were awful in high school. Kids are mean. Like kids are actually mean. Take, I'll take whatever people are saying on the internet like any day over going back and reliving high school. So whenever I have like a mean comment or something like that, I say, okay, well, does it hurt me more than high school? 
no, then all right, it's nothing. Like I've already dealt with that. I can move past this. Um, so I, I think the only time where negative comments maybe get to me is if it's something that's like untrue or like uh, people have typed out essays or like essays into Reddit comments and I'm just like completely untrue stuff like, well, you see, um, Ovali only asks anime questions in her LCS interviews. And I'm like, ah, oh, I did it. I did it once. I did it once. And I'm never going to hear the end of it from this point onwards. Um, so no, the imposter syndrome doesn't really come from that. I think it comes more from, I set too high expectations for myself, which, you know, you're always going to screw yourself over in the end. Um, where it's, like I said, for the Evangelion opening mm -hmm. for the liquid update, I was like, okay, I'm hoping that it gets like, like, I'm like, it should get at least 200 or 300 K on Twitter and then I don't know how much on YouTube because YouTube's a metric that I'm not used to. And when I saw that it only got like 100, 150, which isn't bad, it is not bad. There was still a part of me that was like, where did I mess up? Did I lose connection with the community? Did I create something that actually wasn't as relevant to the scene as I thought it was? Um, is, am I losing, am I losing touch? No, it's the kids who are out of touch. Um, and even though, like, I think we all know, and I think I know as well, like, no, that's not true. You just, you created something that was still pretty fun, but maybe in comparison to the WAP, it wasn't as universally understood as a meme or as a joke. So there's moments of like that, uh, where, you know, we'll release an episode of the liquid update and I'm like, was it as good as I could have made it? Like if I had stayed up an extra two hours and by that, I mean, pulling a full all nighter, staying up for like the full 24, 36 hours, um, could I have made it better? So it's always those questions I feel like that kind of like circle back in, but you know, that's for me and therapy to figure out. <laughs> do you measure metrics of success based on view? I don't want to like sound like an asshole, but like, do you measure no, no, no. success based on views? Like, is that what your one metric of success is? Is like, does this thing get views or is it something else? I don't, I don't know how to describe my relationship with metrics because at the end of the day, I believe that fan sentiment uh, and the engagement and love that you feel from the community is far more important than making sure that you have a couple hundred thousand views. Um, <clears throat> let's just let's just give this as an example. And again, this is in no way throwing shade towards anyone or anything. This is a um, shade-free podcast. Yeah. There was a lot of criticism at LCS at the beginning of Summer Split for, you know, where's where's the content? Where's, you know, where's this, where's that? Um, and I think they had released their really cute summer video that was animated. It had like all of the cute, uh, what is it? They had like all the Easter eggs, Easter eggs is what you call them, of like Blabber in the Fishbowl. Uh, and then that did only okay on Twitter. I think it only reached maybe like 100,000 views. It was very much like eh. Um, and then on YouTube, they have like 4.2 million subscribers or something. So I think they got maybe like 200K views on that. But then when I released my summer split video, where I dressed up as all the teams and it was kind of like, you know, everyone getting ready for the spring split, it massively outperformed the LCS Twitter thing. Again, not throwing shade. I'm just giving like a measurement of metrics. I have to throw that uh, disclaimer in a lot. No shade. Um, shade free. Podcast. Yeah, no shade. No shade. Uh, so in that in that situation, like especially when there was a huge conversation around, you know, LCS production in comparison to LEC production, 
I look at that and I view that as a win for my own content, not measuring against anyone else, but just measuring for myself. It's in a time where content is difficult to create and a lot of fans are still asking for that, you know, well-produced content. Um, the fact that I was able to put out a video that was well well well-received, yeah. picked up good engagement, like sure. very good engagement in terms of retweets, comments, likes as well. Uh, and the fact that I had people saying, hey, I really enjoyed your video uh, is my way of measuring that this did a good job. Now, some of the Liquid Update videos that we did during Worlds last year, mm -hmm. honestly, it they didn't have the views that I think we expected after doing the MSI Liquid Update. I think they were maybe like 75% of those views or so. And I know it's because everyone's creating content during Worlds. Like that's when everyone comes out to create interviews, to create series, to create, Also, you know, we didn't do that great last year. So it's like- No, we did not. No, that's we did probably not. why, you know? Yeah. That has something to do with it. Uh, the one thing that you mentioned earlier was, you know, when you were talking about the um, LCS versus the video that you did for Summer Split is this <clears throat> sentiment of authenticity which I feel like gets lost when you go to, you know, Riot's a big corporation. When you go to big corporations, and I see this happening in esports, I see this happening at other companies. When a company grows, uh, the, you know, small family environment, like ragtag group of creators or whatever, kind of like get overshadowed by people that get brought in to like help the growth. And usually it's those people that end up killing authenticity in some sort of way. Sometimes it's only 10%, 15%. Other times it's really aggressive. And if somebody at Riot is, like, pitching an Ovely-type idea, the potential of it getting shot down by, like, multiple people who actually don't know that it would be a huge success is really high. So you're lucky in the sense that you can be like, hey, I've got this crazy fucking idea. Who can help me do it? And, like, that's... Exactly. I think you've put yourself in a really interesting position. Did you ever think that you would be in that position from the beginning? I guess, like, I... I met you through <laughs> Damien and Amanda and like Broden and stuff, but I actually don't know mm -hmm. how you like got into the LCS or like, were you uh, trying to do, take like the reporter angle or like, where did, where did you start from the beginning? So without, you know, extending the show by three hours by going through like my past with esports, um, I went to college with Broden and he was helping me with a lot of like my personal video projects and we both started working for TDK together. He was doing some of their video stuff and I was doing their social media and PR stuff. That team was a train wreck, okay? That team was a train wreck. Like, who hires, like, an 18-year-old girl who's a freshman in college to run your PR and social media, like, as the director? That's, that's a red flag right there. You, but I you mean, are the demographic. That, I know, I, and the thing is, like, I got really good at lost tweets because we sucked. Uh, but from there, like I had known Damien a little bit before during his like Azubu days. Uh, and I went to him. I remember being super nervous about this. I think I would, this was during the HTC Ascension little tournament thing that I was helping them run on a production standpoint. And him and Mike were getting Chipotle in the kitchen in Damien's old apartment room in, in the team apartments. Yeah. And I, I was like, so... Um, hey, Damien, Mike, I was, uh, I was wondering, like, you know, do you, do you need help for, you know, your social media stuff? I did social media for TDK for a little bit. And if you guys need help with social media, I, I, scared, scared <laughs> this little girl. 
And they're like, yeah, sure. Come on for social media. We're going to put you under Caleb and then you just come up with some stuff. Yeah. And I was like, ah. so I did social media for liquid for a little bit. And then I actually introduced Broden to Damien. Cause I was like, listen, Damien loves doing video stuff. You like doing video stuff, go help him. And I think Damien loved him, but then Travis swooped him up for Yahoo. And then Broden was filming some of my esports stuff that I was just trying to create on my own because he's very good at filming things as we all see and know. True. Um, and Travis was looking for an assistant. So Broden filming all my stuff was like, hey, Ovali does some of this stuff. Here's a YouTube video of you know, what she just did. Travis saw me, was like, sweet, let's bring her on. I worked under Travis at Yahoo for six months or so before it shut down. I did LCS interviews for him. That shut down, started working with Travis for a little bit. LCS saw that Yahoo died, saw me, and then they said, hey, do you want to come interview for LCS? Tried me on for like one or two games on the second stream because we still had the secondary oh, stream yeah. at that time. Oh, yeah. Wow, crazy, yeah. Um, I did really well, apparently. And they said, sure, let's bring her back. And it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. But that, so goes, back like to, that goes back to authenticity. I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that you have been holistically authentic throughout this whole whole process. Yeah. So this yeah this whole this whole conversation kind of stemmed from you doing content and it you know judging metrics of success uh, and having imposter syndrome. So I pose you the question: Why do you think that you have imposter syndrome when you know that your entire past has been driven by authenticity? Because depression. No, don't, no, we can't blanket, <laughs> we can't blame it on blanket depression. Because depression. Oh no, no, we can't do that. This can't, this is a no depression podcast. <laughs> I, listen, like if I, if I knew, we got to bring like, uh, what's his name? Dr. K on here. Just throw him in on like the third camera. Just be like, help fix this. I mean, honestly, I just think it's something that I, I don't want to sit here and, you know, I know that there are a lot of people who are probably thinking or definitely are thinking like, oh, well, you, ha you should be incredibly thankful for the amazing job that you have and all the opportunities that you have. And believe me, I am. But, you know, I am still human at the end of the day. And there are some times where I just think like, oh God, what am I doing? <laughs> I think we all, <laughs> like, I think everybody encounters that certainly. Do you oh, feel yeah. like it gets more amplified uh, having, you know, status, notoriety, do you feel like you're ever under a microscope where you can't do or say things that you want to do or say because of potential pushback? I mean, I can't talk about anime booty as much as I'd like to sometimes. Like sometimes I just want to say like, hey, the these anime titties greater than these anime titties. But, you know, you may tell me after this podcast shuts off, like, Avali, listen, you can't, you can't keep talking about anime titties. Look, like it's just... If the people want a comparison of, of anime titties <laughs> with D's, not T's, yeah. uh, then give the people what they want. I don't watch anime, right? so you're asking right? the wrong, exactly. you're barking up the wrong tree here. I wouldn't say that, you know, I feel too much down under a microscope. I know that there are, I think at the end of the day, this is what I, this is what anyone who is, you know, on camera, a streamer or whatever, influencer, whatever you want to call it, has to accept. There are always going to be people who dislike you for whatever reason. And most of the times, like, those reasons are out of control. The most recent example I had of this was, like, I don't care for, for uh, Jennifer Lawrence or Zoe Deschanel. And the reason I don't care for... Oh, the wait, Zoe Deschanel? Care, oh, come on. I agree with Jennifer Lawrence, but not no, Zoe no, no. Deschanel. Have you watched New Girl? It's a great show. I will not watch that show. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. 
Because, and, and listen, like, this isn't me going to Twitter, adding both of them, saying, like, I hate both of you, die. Like, no, that's, that's freaking ridiculous. But the reason why I don't like them is, one, but, uh, in high school and throughout growing up, everyone's like, oh my gosh, Avril, you're so quirky. You remind me of Zoe Deschanel or Jennifer Lawrence. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I hated it. I hated it because whenever I saw Jennifer Lawrence going like, oh, I like pizza. I'm like, I hate you. Like, this is so <laughs> stupid. And here's the thing, like, for that reason, I don't like them. I just don't like them. And for me, that was kind of like a good comparison in my brain because some people are just going to be like, wow, I just don't like that person. It has nothing to do with, like, too much about her. It's just... Well, like what it. if you found out that Jennifer Lawrence and Zoe Deschanel both really were into JoJo and loved anime and loved esports low-key behind the scenes? Would that change your opinion? We'd have to have a conversation first. <laughs> I'd like to have a conversation and just be like, listen, ladies, I apologize if I have judged you harshly before in the past. Please understand that, you know, I was just a teenager. Um, you know, looking at two... Uh, people in very, you know, nice positions, uh, movie stars, television stars. Uh, perhaps I judged you too quickly, but, you know, perhaps we could get over this if you told me who your favorite JoJo character was. Right, and what was answer that? would you accept? Fugo? Okay. No, you still suck. Goodbye. Like, <laughs> but I, so that's, that's kind of what I've understood. I never, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I never knew the story of, of how you got into it. I think that's super interesting. I just, uh, yeah. I feel like such a boomer in this industry. I don't know. Because <laughs> I, I like, you know, a lot of these people are like, I grew, I've been playing League since season one. Like, I found out about League of Legends because of Team Liquid. Like, I, I was so late to the game. And like, look, I love esports now. Uh, but when I first started, I didn't know anything. I didn't know yeah. who anybody was or what anything was. But it's a, I, I love the space. I love the community. I love the people that I've met. Uh, I think it's it's really really awesome. But you've you've been on the video game train forever. Yeah. So one thing that I think is pretty interesting because I, I mean you look at Twitter and you have a lot of like esports old guard people speaking out about this. The number one person I could think of is probably like Monte Cristo. You always see him on Twitter saying like, "I'm so tired of seeing all the sports guys get hired into the esports industry." Like we saw it with Activision, Blizzard, and then what happened with Overwatch League, and we've seen it happen in a couple other different leagues as well. Uh, because, you know, these sports people or these execs get hired in with no real esports knowledge or expertise, just the understanding of how sports work. And they end up tanking an entire community into the ground because they just don't take the time to learn and listen. So I was wondering what it was kind of like for you, since like you just said, you didn't really know uh, League of Legends too much, but I, you, you know video games. You had your Game Boy Color a second ago. With, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Pokemon Red in there. So yeah, what was, I, what was I the played... transition like for you into it? Yeah, no, I, pl I played games growing up, uh, all the, you know, classic, like Grand Theft Auto with my friends. We had Halo Land parties and stuff, and it was more casual, and I didn't really understand the competitive side of it. Like, competitive among friends, but not, like, competitive as a, you know, a thing. Um, so when I got into it, and I agree with you, there are a lot of people that come over from traditional sports or execs in other places, and all they see is dollar signs, and they try so hard to wring all the dollar signs out of the industry that it ends up backfiring. So for me... Um, what it was, was I think everything I do in my life, similar to you, is driven by authenticity and like passion. So uh, I was working at Quest Nutrition at the time. And oh my God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was at Quest. I was editing protein bar videos and like going to CrossFit events and like doing, and from before that, I was at uh, a company called Shoot Media and we did stuff with Spike TV when they had the UFC contract. So I yeah. went from like action sports 
to nutrition. And so at Quest, uh, Quest Gaming got started and they put me in charge of like editing all the Quest Gaming videos. And the people at Quest came to me and they were like, hey, here's a budget, make a video with Team Liquid. And so I talked to Steve and I talked to some of those people and I ended up making the uh, Piglet Christmas surprise video. That was my first... Oh yeah. Yeah, that oh, was yeah, my yeah. first like eSport. I I was like I was like joking around. I was like there's a team called Team Liquid. I don't know these kids get paid like hundreds of thousands of dollars to play League of Legends. Like this shit is ridiculous. And we went and did the Piglet Christmas surprise video and the response from the community and everybody being like so stoked that Team Liquid slash Quest Nutrition would even think to do something for Piglet who I ended up becoming good friends with afterwards, it just like blew my mind. And it was like, it was something that I wasn't used to at Quest, right? People weren't like flooding in the comments on Quest's Instagram and be like, oh my God, these protein bars have changed my life in a meaningful way. But like kids from Korea that were like living in the States that were homesick and seeing us do this video and like the community just like really got me excited about esports. And so when I came in, I was chasing community authenticity like the whole time. And so for me, I learned on behalf of trying to do things the right way. And I've, I, I wish more people would do that. But I, I think people's moral compasses are just slightly different. Um, yeah. People just see money and like that's what they want to focus on. And it's not about the money. The money will come if everyone's having a good time and like it's a good place to be. You know? Yeah. It's And it's sad to see because I've worked with a couple different production companies because, you know, as a freelancer, it's, hey, this person wants to hire you over here. If it yeah, seems like course. a fun job, let's go. But, I mean, the people who are getting money right now are the people who just seem like they don't know and they don't really care about the scene. So I've been hired on to, like, really high-budget productions where we have, like, a sports guy in the control room, and I'm sitting there, and I'm giving him feedback. I'm, li I'm like, listen, in esports, this isn't what it's like. Like, I need... Uh, at least like 30 seconds to talk to the pro beforehand, get them used to me before we go into a winter interview. Cause these are still freaking kids. These are still kids who have never been on camera before. I need to say, Hey honey, I'm going to ask you like, how does it feel to win? And I'm going to ask you a little bit about your teammates and then the leadership there. Um, your friend told me that, you know, you really like the color purple. So why don't you tell me a little bit about that? I give them, I hold their freaking hands, right? Like I hold them hands and it's like Lion King where I just, hold them up and like, <laughs> behold world, this adorable little esports child, I'm trying to make them likable for you. And you have to. And I've had, you have to. You have and I to. had this guy in the control room screaming at me in my IFB, like, what are you doing? This, 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 this. And it was the first time, like as talent, you know, you never take out your IFB unless there's a technical issue or, you know, you're getting feedback. It was just like this. Yeah. Okay, honey, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and then it was put it back in and then it's like, we're now ready to start the interview. Oh my God, people yeah. are terrible. Well, if you th I think about this a lot too. And I was one of those people at the beginning that was like kind of making fun of it. But the more I worked at, this is my fourth year at Team Liquid. I've been more places in the world because of esports than I ever otherwise would have been. And I'm super grateful for the opportunity. And I think about this all the time and I'm friends with a lot of our players. And if you think about it, you know, the basketball stars in high school that go on to like play in college and then the NBA, being a basketball player is like always cool. And like people always want to hang out with you and like you're kind of the center of attention. So if you were to go and interview a basketball player, of course they're just going to be super outgoing and like really energetic and like uh, be good on camera and like cheeky smile. But then you think about the kids in middle school, high school that are like playing League of Legends and then they're getting like scolded by their parents and made fun of by people at school and like called a nerd and all these things. 
that make it to the pro level, <laughs> they're never going to be that outgoing. There's very few people that kind of achieve that, right? Like double lift is like the one that everybody will reference. He's just a freak of nature, but most people aren't like that. Most people don't have that skill set. So you need a barometer of authenticity and like passion and care in order for esports to actually exist like it should exist. 100%. I mean, I completely agree with you. I think that we're both in positions, you, when you're trying to pull out, you know, good things for the doc, like Liquid Squad Series. And then me, whenever I'm on stage trying to shake an answer out of Pobelter going like, Eugene, give me something I can work with. It's it's very similar. It's very similar. And we both know, like, this is, again, shade-free zone. Like, we aren't shitting on the players. It's just... No, they they're just not used to it. Sometimes they don't know how. Yeah. They're not used to it. It's not how they grew up and you can get into the psychology of it all and everything. And that's for another podcast. That's the, yeah, uh, yeah that's the tilt psychology after dark edition. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's been a very unique ride for you certainly. And I've had an absolute pleasure working with you over the years. And I hope that we continue to keep working together. And when you have a random three thirty AM idea, uh, don't hesitate to hit me up, text me, let me know. Oh, I, I will listen now that, you know, you've shown me that you can, you and Ant can put me in a music video and do weeb songs like <laughs> at exactly 3.30 in the morning. I'm going to be sending a message saying like, okay, listen, Kaguya-sama, love is war opening, but we take the Inferno visuals from Fire Force. We put those two things together and then who knows, maybe we do an ending with a song by the Peggy's. Like it's going to be sick. And this is all going to happen again, like 3.30 in the morning. That little rant needs to go on uh, r slash oddly specific. I feel like you've thought about this already. Like you had that <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> you had that ready to go. Um, Avali, plenty of ideas. where can people find you online? Uh, at Avali May on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, everything. Uh, it's pretty simple. Ready, Ian, put it on the screen. Now. It'll be up the whole time, but we'll do it again. Now. And for those people that are just listening to the podcast now. and don't know what you're doing, she's pointing at the bottom now. of the screen, asking me to impose a lower third across the bottom, which we will do later. Now. Thank you. <laughs> What's your stream now. schedule? How now. often are you streaming? Um, I'm going to try to stream a lot more often now. I don't know when this is going to air, but hopefully starting like next week or the week after, I'm going to try to get all the weekday mornings in. Mm -hmm. um, I've now just cleared up my schedule a little bit. So when you're a freelancer, sometimes you have rehearsals like in the middle of the day, which basically kills all opportunities for streaming because it like spreads things out. I have meetings that go like, hey, you have a meeting at 10 in the morning and then at like three in the afternoon. So again, yeah. that kills whatever stream blocks you're trying to get in. So I think I've successfully found a way to rearrange my schedule that will allow me to stream in the morning now. Nice. Breakfast Hopefully. with Avali. Breakfast with, yeah. <laughs> Breakfast with me. Yes. Well, thank you, Avali, for being on the show. I, I really, truly appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. And you know that I'm going to hit you up at 4 a.m. 3.30 only. 4 a.m. Sometimes, you know, we're, I won't we're pushing it. it this time. I won't oh, accept man. it. 3.30 only right. exceptions. Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. <laughs> uh, hopefully you enjoyed. This is the final episode of the Liquid Update. Oh, Unfortunately, no. the team has, you know, lost yet again. Don't uh, say Hashtag doublelift was the problem. No, uh, he went 0-6. No. It's okay. Shade-free zone. We did better. We did better. Shade-free zone. As I'm, wearing his, as I'm wearing his branded sweatpants. Oh, it's okay. Those are comfy pants. I give you that. They are very comfy, yeah. The Ateo Double Lift collab. What are you going to do? <laughs>
<laughs> All right, well, guys, if you want to find me, you can find me at Naughty and Sands, mainly on Twitter and Instagram. I have a TikTok account. I don't really use it. Avali's obsessed with TikTok, so go and follow her. Renegade, so, Renegade. So she can, yeah. So every, all the all the dance moves that are like only confined by the outsides of your body. That's what TikTok is. Anyways, <laughs> if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you rate this a five-star episode if you think it's deserving of five stars and spread the word. If you want to watch us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Team Liquid, you can watch Tilts with your eyeballs. Avali, thank you so much for being on. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Bye. <laughs>